live long and prosperous. Well, I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> what a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Winter is coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. My whole Kermit's frog here. Your ties are cool. So say we all. This is a play on nerds. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 180 of A Play on Nerds. Uh, this I'm Charbin. I'm Steve. That's right. And this week we are talking about the wonderful Saw X is coming out in theaters. So we're, of course, celebrating it's by a prequel, like an origin story. Yeah. I think everyone's very excited. Maybe the last movie? Who knows? Possibly the last one. No, there's still money to be made. Oh, they'll make 10 more. It's terrible. So instead of talking about that, like we should, we're going to talk about another movie where a sadistic genius creates complex contraptions to torture those who have sinned. Home Alone 3. And That's of course, right. Can, it's a rule of three movie as well. <laughs> rule of three, baby. That's right. We're, we're always at it. It's, I love how it's kind of like our new default now. Yeah, it just makes it easy, but it's, it's fun rule too. Three. We got to watch some terrible third movie over and over again. <laughs> They're always bad. <laughs> They're all, <laughs> I think there might have been one that we were okay with. I don't yeah. remember it, but there might have been one. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Starship Troopers 3 wasn't that bad. Yeah, that's right. That's um, right. It's just amazing over and over. <laughs> so, Steve, what have you been up to since we last chatted? Oh, man, we had a Penn State football game party, Mm -hmm. which was real good. We had Joyce's birthday, which we kept small, which was the right choice. We just told her, like, pick three friends. We have two (laughs) days to tell us three friends. So we texted those three moms and said, hey, Joyce wants these three people. We probably pissed some people off, and that's fine. Yeah, they can deal with it. Just the way it is. We just, we said, pick three. She did it. (laughs) <laughs> Not my blood's on my hands. Um, <laughs> so much. So we had blood. a little party, which was so much easier. Oh my god! Just adults kind of hung out and drank and talked while kids ran around inside, did nonsense. That's always fun. Yeah, it was great. It was like little Lord of the Flies. It was awesome. <laughs> Just three kids or four That's kids, right? Um, and then since then, uh, I've just been crazy at work because uh, Apple. I guess we'll have launched its new phone by now mm-hmm. and working as a operation kind of admin type person at a store. I have a lot of stuff and it's been fun and it's been new experiences, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Cause I've, you haven't really been on that side of it in that area before. No, like I've never had to like figure out the food and figure out how we're going to get things where and keep track of things and receipts. This is all new to me. The so, food. Wow. There's like a big event or something. Well, um, because we have so many people in and we want to keep people there and happy and energized, Apple basically gives a budget to feed opening weekend. Ah, I see. Some stores use it all on the main day. Some use it over like the Friday, Saturday. Some people stretch it all the way. Yeah. So we're doing the two day. So really try to give the bulk of the team like, here you go, guys. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, whenever we worked at CNN, we would get snowed in sometimes in Atlanta, and they would, or if there was a really crazy news story, we had to stay there all night, and they'd bring us pizza, and thankfully it was attached to the Omni Hotel, like they was actually in the same building, so if you had to stay there for an overnight, they'd actually pay for your hotel to stay there the night, which is kind of nice, but that didn't happen too often. The Arab Spring, the oil disaster, I think those things, they did the food and the, the stays. 
but the snowpocalypse, they're like, you can stay here or you can try to <laughs> go outside. I was like, I'm going to drive home. And I drove home anyway. So that's right. <laughs> but basically, the new iPhones like a snowpocalypse. It's crazy. No one's going to stop me. No one's gonna- <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. A rain, not sleet, not snow. What are you, a postman? That's right. Speaking of Kevin Postman, Gosner. look at that transition. Segway. <laughs> this uh, past week, uh, Sean Vanderloo of the Rusted Robot podcast and the uh, Soul Forge podcast and the Space Sci-Fi Waffle podcast. <laughs> He's too many. John on many other podcasts. That's right. He was in town in here, Orlando, where I live with his girlfriend, Leah, and they were doing a Disney trip. Uh, she is a, a Disney kind of tour coordinator herself, like for people who go on vacations. So she knows a lot about it. And they we pick I picked them up from the airport. Their flight was very delayed. Uh, so I sat in the airport uh, cell lot playing a Star Trek game on my phone for a while until they arrived. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we got to have dinner with them one night, me and the wife. And uh, then we took them to a Player One arcade bar, which is a fun wow. arcade bar here in town. It was actually really dead when we took them. We felt kind of bad, but it was like a Monday. So it made sense. Um, and then uh, later on in the week, after they did all their Disney stuff, we took them to dinner before dropping them back off the airport and had a good old yeah, time. Lovely. Yeah. And uh, so it was a fun time. I spent some more time with Sean. I only spent a little bit of time with him over Dragon Con in the past. So it was a good time. And also it was uh, Jolie and I was our four year anniversary of being together and our two month wedding anniversary fell on the same week. So we did. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. A nice little dinner. And it was a good time. And it's my longest relationship ever. So there you go. Wow. Good for you. Look at you, buddy. (laughs) And now just that you just get to say that for the rest of your life. Yeah. Now from now on, this is it. The longest way is done. So much easier. It's true. It's true. But I think that takes us to some nerdy news. It's time for nerdy news. Well, this week, the cheeky name for my cheeky story is that's how you get ants. (laughs) Uh, A group of scientists have confirmed that uh, Solenopsis invicta, or better known as the red fire ant of South America, has finally been found in Europe. Oh, Uh, more specifically, it has been found in Sicily. Oh, where the mobsters come from. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There are actually apparently dozens of invasive ant species that are currently in Europe. But up till now, they've been like, well, thank God the fire ant hadn't made it here yet, though. <laughs> uh, and then it finally showed up. And it's not just in. Uh, they researchers went and surveyed a, a, a sizable outdoor area and found uh, 88 separate nests. Wow. So the good news is, is that uh, only 7% of Europe meets environmental conditions that they need to survive. Yeah. But... Bad news is with uh, climate change, scientists fear that that could speed that up as things warm. They'll be able to spread their territory. Oh, the good news is that's not real. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> that's Thank terrible. God. <laughs> no. Um, I'm so just yeah, imagining you know so, some guy in his pant leg, like an accidental firing got up in there when he's on a flight over to Europe and it just snuck out when he got there. And that's so, it. So, you know what, Europe? Yeah. That's how you get ants. <laughs> That's how you get ants. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Well, that brings us over to our main segment where we're going to talk about some wonderful movie called Home Alone 3. Home 
Oh boy, is it? Uh, so, so in this one, so I'll make the other two that start with a young, kind of rambunctious boy in a suburban home. This starts with a group of international thieves. Yes. Stealing a military grade chip from Silicon Valley. But then after a mix-up at the airport, the chip, uh, which was cleverly disguised as a toy car, ends up in the hands of a young boy, Alex Pruitt. Uh, He gets the chicken pox and gets left alone at home as the thieves arrive to try to claim the chip. Uh, Over the course of a few days, the thieves attempt to infiltrate the home, but the child outsmarts them at every turn. Uh, As things escalate, the burglars finally decide to go in by force. And Alex, of course, knowing this, is forced to set up elaborate traps (laughs) to deter them. Uh, uh, they, the bad guys kidnap his mean old lady neighbor, who I guess kind of matters to the story. Uh, he starts by like electrocuting two of them, and one of them literally shits lightning. <laughs> yes, he <laughs> does. Took time to really showed like they didn't. They left nothing to the imagination. <laughs> Shit, lightning. That's a great superpower. He, dro- he drops heavy items on him. He drops planters on her head, and would definitely kill her. Oh yeah, she knocks them downstairs through floors. Um, one of them is maimed by a snowblower. <laughs> but he's fine somehow. Meanwhile, Alex, having placed a call earlier in the film, uh, called the FBI, and agents are on their way. Uh, but will they make it in time as the boy's bag of tricks begins to run out? Oh. Um, he goes to save the mean old lady next door, but the final bad guy knew he was going to do it and was waiting for him. Uh, but it turns out Alex swapped the bad guy's twi- uh, real gun for a toy gun at some point. Uh-huh. And he scares off the bad guy with supposedly a real gun that also ends up being a toy gun. <sighs> <laughs> the FBI <laughs> retrieves the trip, uh, re- retrieves the chip. Um, the day is saved and the final bad guy is blown up in an igloo in the backyard when a parrot on a remote controlled <laughs> vehicle finds him and lights the fuse. A remote control vehicle that, that was destroyed earlier, loud. but somehow it's back I had to together. Say again. That out loud. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, the family is reunited. I didn't mention them to this point because they didn't do anything. <laughs> um, the house is being fixed by the FBI. Just has carpenters on hand in I the guess. middle of the night. <laughs> it's just the middle of the night <laughs> in the winter. You got carpenters there. I fixed everything, and everyone lives happily ever after. Um, <laughs> Man, what a movie. What a movie. Um, <laughs> okay. So there were some things I liked. Um, the, you could, the, the premise itself was not bad. It was kind of crazy, but once you're like, all right, yeah, they're international spies or whatever, it's probably fine. <laughs> once you got over that, then it was good. Um, except for then you have these people with all these skills. It's like they can't deal with one kid. These guys are experts in their field. And so it's just, there's no suspension of disbelief that can make me go, yeah. <laughs> He's just Because that when good. they're idiots or when they're dumb criminals who've probably been doing drugs and have VD and stuff, <laughs> like the guys from the first two. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> when you're going against them, it makes sense that they're buffoons and they would fall for it. <laughs> they're the sticky bandits. <laughs> they're the sticky bandits. But these guys are like international thieves. So there's no sense of it. Um, I don't know if that was a like or not. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, we'll switch off here. Uh, one of I the things, started there. One of the things I liked was uh, 
I, I love the tech from the time period in this movie. It's very nostalgic for me. The the beepers, the camcorder was real good. The fax machines, the camcorder, like it was just like, oh man, I remember that stuff when I was a kid. Like there wasn't you know cell phones, no real good internet. There's like this giant computers in the shots sometimes, you know, like for AOL. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. That was fun. <laughs> Um, so, so there were, this is a good thing that was also being a bad thing. I like that some of the traps are like more elaborate, like Rube Goldberg type of things. Rube Goldberg kind of things. That was cool. (laughs) But then it was the rapidity at which they happened with no slow times in between. And it was a symptom of them making four bad guys instead of two. That's true. Because anytime they split up into four patterns, suddenly the script has to resolve what happens to each of them or what happens to each group or pairing. Um, and so because of that, it just, it was mile a minute. And it just became this question. I was like, how could this kid have done <laughs> even a third of this? At least in the original ones, it was like, okay, it's kind of feasible. This 11 year old might be able to pull off these four things. Like maybe or these six things. He had a few falling paint cans some feathers, you know, that was, you know, it's fine. Oh, right. The micro machines and like the old gaggy stuff, like the glue on the saran wrap. <laughs> like some of that is like, okay, maybe the talk boy. <laughs> yeah. But this was like, he, he created like <laughs> my favorite example was, uh, he, uh, when he comes down the dumb waiter, <laughs> he comes down the dumb waiter, gets out, and he goes and he finds a toy robot and sets it up. And I was like, was he that confident that toy robot was going to be there? <laughs> or did he really just MacGyver that situation? Is he that good? He's just that good. I was like, is he that smart? Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I put that in like also, it was just crazy. It kept the, uh, the same formula from the first two movies, basically. So it didn't change anything or make any new ground parents are gone bandits are around kid fixes it by being ingenious um and it works it was entertaining for sure for a lot of the time crazy and didn't make a lot of sense at times and was you know fantastical but it was it worked uh, it was funny uh that they say a lot of movies like especially like horror suspense kind of films are ruined by uh, by if cell phones nowadays. Like, yeah, cell phones render kind of old horror movies obsolete when people could just get a hold of each other. And now I feel like it's like, oh yeah, if they had a ring doorbell, <laughs> it'd be fine. <laughs> they would, they'd see, and they'd be like, oh yeah, the kid's not lying. Yeah, he's got his like, the videos right there. <laughs> yeah, and the mom would see it because it'd be on her phone in her purse. Yep, she'd be like, Alex, there's weird men at home. Go to your room, lock the door, and she'd call the police. And like that's the end of the movie. <laughs> Those guys are idiots. They're not getting away. Nope. <laughs> I, I did put, though, that speaking of those idiots, that I, I really liked that it was very bad people getting hurt badly this time. Whereas, like, I almost feel bad for the Sticky Bandits in the first two movies because they're just kind of dopes and, like, they don't deserve to be almost killed. Yeah, they They've been in and out of the prison system their whole lives. They both got, you know, rough dads. Yeah. Whereas yeah. these people Warden's are like. has got VD. I'll let you decide which. <laughs> this, these people are actual terrorists, as the FBI, FBI calls them. They talk about killing children and they plan on killing all the children of the neighborhood. And I'm like, okay, they deserve right. everything that's coming does to them. Suggest that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, these guys well, deserve they, all the death. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, they all had guns, and it was like much more, and they were like trained, and so that made them more dangerous. Versus like the the other two guys, where I think one of them had one five like six shooter gun. Yeah, that was it between the two of them. <laughs> and he didn't bust it out until like the really the very end of the movie. Yeah, it made it important. Bust it out early. Yeah, it made it important. Um, 
So yeah, I just <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> well, there's a couple more things I like before we get the bad stuff. Oh, I will man. say, yeah, okay, keep the, going. The orchestral music throughout the movie was very good, um, and like it, it reminded me of the first two movies, very jaunty and happy, and some Christmassy elements because it's after Christmas in this movie. But uh, yeah. it was nice. But then the, they kind of ruined it with the music they chose that wasn't orchestral, like the songs were real bad and like stuck out like a sore thumb. I thought they were so of their time and like it just dated the whole movie and it was just like, oh, these don't fit at all. And it was talking about if you want to go to hell, I'll show you the way. I was like, what the fuck? This is a kid's movie. Like, what is happening? So, yeah, that it was a good and bad right there. And one. <laughs> oh, I'll give I'll give one more good thing. And that is this did have like a varied and realistically at the time, very decent cast. I put that in too. That yeah. Alex D. Lentz, who was like a very, like an established child actor. I looked at his IMDb. This, this was his 10th IMDb credit at this point, at this age. Yeah. He has a lot of movies at that point. And so he TV was a shows. proven, good, solid child actor. Uh, somehow you get Scarlett Johansson in there as the sister for like three scenes. Yeah. It was Scarlett Johansson, young Scarlett um, Johansson. And then I like that the mom was an actress named Haviland Morris. Oh. Uh, who, uh, played uh, Marla in Gremlins 2. The oh, red-headed I thought I recognized boss. her. Yeah. yeah, that was her. I did write down particularly that I, the parents were good actors, just that they they weren't the best written roles. But like both act, I've recognized the father too. He's been in a lot of stuff. Oh, um, and then you get Neil Flynn hmm. from before his Scrubs days. Oh yeah, when the he cop. played like he played police officers in like. A half dozen movies as like <laughs> a one line extra instead of the janitor and scrubs. Yeah, yeah, and I thought the villains all reminded me of like '90s villains from like every '90s action movie. They were like the ones. Like they did a good job, except the long haired guy. I thought really hammed it up, but the rest of them I thought were really good. They in their parts. Um, but yeah, that's my life. Well, I feel like the long haired guy also had the craziest thing to sell. <laughs> I feel like he had the biggest kind of most ridiculous of the falls. Mm. and stuff and so i feel like maybe maybe you should cut him a little slack i feel like that guy just got <laughs> shat on and he had to sell these stupid things he literally got shat it's on not, in the movie <laughs> it's not that actor's fault but they're stupid things <laughs> they are <laughs> all right so dislikes the more of them i guess um, <laughs> more of them uh, so there was one scene that bugged me so bad oh so the mom and the sister and the brother are sitting waiting on bated breath. They have no idea what's happening. They can't get to their son because of the snow. And an FBI guy comes in and he goes, ma'am, we need to go right now. Your son is in incredible danger. And in that moment, she like asked a question like, well, tell me what's happening. He's like, man, we really need to go right now. And she, she's like, God will not go anywhere until you tell me. He's like, I'm leaving. And then Scarlett Johansson goes over and marches over. And closes and holds the door shut and is like, tell me what's happening. The brother gets involved. And it's like a minute long scene that is just ridiculous. Like just to involve the family. It's the only reason the scene exists. And I'm like, what would have happened if the cops had gotten there a minute earlier? Yeah. Or two minutes earlier. Or two minutes later. Had they not, had they not blocked this situation? Mm-hmm. What could have happened, you dummies? If you know something, something bad's happened to your son, an FBI agent walks in and goes like, hey, we need to go right now. It's your son's at stake. I go, yep. Yeah, like you don't dawdle, let's you'll go. figure it out late the details later. <laughs> yeah. That's a good I think point. It's legit. Yep, let's go. I didn't even think about that. That's very true. Yeah, I, don't have, I don't have kids yet, so that's I wouldn't come think of that first. Um 
I, I was going to say one thing I disliked was I can't remember if they did a good job of this in the first two movies. I thought they did because I never questioned it, but I would have liked to have a better explanation of why this kid is so smart and so great at creating gadgets and gizmos because it just seems. I'm telling you, like when you really look at it, it has to be that he has genius level intellect. But they don't really explain or comment on that ever before he starts just making them. It's like they should have had one scene where his teachers were like, oh, he always gets an A or he's he's always dawdling with his gadgets instead of working or anything. They didn't have any scene. So we're, we have no That's reason. True. There, there could have been one setup at the beginning, like even with his room, his mom comes to get him up and he sets off an elaborate set of things. Yeah. To like get his water to him or to give his mom a or hug to, with to the like machine. Lock the door so she can't get in. Yeah, like anything. He's like, I'm getting dressed, mom. You know, like anything. We just don't know You're why this kid, right. or You're no one even acknowledges right. beforehand that he's really smart. It's just like he's a nerd. They make fun of him, and then all of a sudden, he's a genius. Like what? <laughs> I just I didn't I didn't buy it. Yeah, and like at the end, no one's in shock. Everyone's like, Oh my god, I'm just so happy. You're okay. And no one's like, How did? How did you that, do this? Is that from is that from the attic? <laughs> is that my weights? What happened to the door? How do you lift that oh to the god, roof? What? <laughs> Why is there blood everywhere? So maybe so that's that's maybe my last, my final thing that I just did not like is at least in the first movie. Like there've done there have been plenty of examinations that say like the terrible things that would have happened to the guys from the first two. Oh yeah, skulls and crushed and everything. Skulls crushed, faces crushed, <laughs> bleeding out, contusions, third degree burns down Poisoned. to the skull, poison, <laughs> um electrocuted, you just be dead and fried. Like um and this, so like they, those have all been seen, but I feel like this was a different level. <laughs> like, oh, it's so dead! Like every one of these was like, "Oh my god, they'd be gone!" <laughs> like Maimed. in a way that the first two really didn't. That's <laughs> true. Um, and it was just, and because it was four of them, you just, just over and over, like every other second, one of them was getting hurt. It was crazy. Yeah, like back to back to back and just should have been to back crushed. To back. There was no downtime. And that was the genius of the first movie because of the way they built the villains and they put their heads in. They robbed a place nearby. They figured it out. He was able to put them off a little bit, but then they finally got him. Like that was what drove the mood of that and made it such a good movie. But this was just like, damn, Pam, 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 they're dying. Bam, bam, bam. I love how they tried to recreate the wonderful, beautiful scene from the second movie where he talks to the bird lady. Um, they kind of did that at the end of this movie with the old uh, mean neighbor next yeah. door. They become friends and it's like, it's not earned. I didn't feel it. No, <laughs> it, it was kind of between the first and the second where there's like the scary next door. Oh, the old man. And the yeah. second one, the old woman who wants to be left alone, but really just wants attention and love <laughs> for my pigeons, <laughs> for her pigeons. Um, but so here's the thing. I read the, the trivia on this. Apparently Ebert, of all of the Home Alone movies, the three reviewed, this one he gave the, is the only one he gave like a thumbs up to. Wow. He said it was the best one. That's surprising. <laughs> um, yeah. So just, just for reference, he thought this one was great. Um, <laughs> I did put the one thing yeah. I didn't like about it that really took me out of the movie was the bird was just too much. <sighs> so like, First of all, it's, I'm okay with there being like an improbably improbable situation like the first two movies. This movie's fine. The kid's unbelievably smart. He outsmarts them. Sure, I'll, I can suspend disbelief for that. But then this bird that's a parrot, which can make words in real life, is just having full conversations and understands and can 
converse with people and helps him with his gadgets. The mouse somewhat is the same way, but just not having full conversations. But I'm like, yeah, and then at the end, they get a little bow where he drives in. The mouse hops off the car. It's <laughs> yeah. like, why are we getting a curtain call for the animals? Is this, this a off? cartoon movie? What is happening? So that just Maybe really took me out of it, this? too. What's happening? <laughs> I was really confused. So, yeah, I could have done without the talking, not just talking parrot, but conversing parrot. It's like yeah, he's man. like a witcher warlocks, like familiar or something because he could- you know what? You know what would have been better? Huh. All they needed is that their house had like one of those intercom systems from the 80s, which mm-hmm. would be appro- approximately time appropriate. And, and then that would allow him to send sounds all over the house and basically do everything he did with the parrot. Yes. Which agreed. was just causing distraction and doing voices. Yeah, and it probably was a ton of work to film that stupid parrot and, and mouse, too. <laughs> and we probably could have, get, could have gotten a nice moment from the second one where he puts it up next to, like, a radio show or something like that. And you get to reenact the scene from, like, the second movie where they think they're talking to the gangster, but they're really talking to the TV. Instead, he has the parrot call the old Which woman's house awful. and have a full conversation uh, with her with itself. Uh, anyways, just terrible. I didn't even look up more trivia for this movie. I apologize, no, but I just I didn't. looked at that one thing and said, Ah, oh, Ebert. <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> no. So this was not one of the best winners of the rule of three that we've done before, but it wasn't terrible. I feel like we have found other rule of three films, while bad, maybe equally bad, we found more redeeming factors. And I feel like we did not find... <laughs> redeeming factors in this movie the way we have in other rule of three and sometimes they were so bad they were really fun to watch whereas this one was just like that's all right oh my god like i don't want to watch it with my kids ever again like do they see it with you they watched it and i was like and i said to myself steve what if they love this oh god disowned them they didn't and i went oh thank god (laughs) they just think dad made them watch a really boring movie (laughs) (laughs) well i guess that takes us to a bit then I guess. Yeah, that's a bit. All right. So I have a little game here for Steve. Um, kind of like on this, we're reviewing uh, what, what would be a horror movie homage uh, to Saw X. And then we're talking about a horror trailer later on in the show. So I'm going to do all along that theme and go with a game called Haunted Riddles. So, Steve, Ooh. you're going to go on a little adventure here. And to get through it, baby, let's go. You're going to have to answer some riddles. Shit. So, Steve. <laughs> All right. You find yourself lost in a dark and eerie forest known for its cursed reputation, and you're on your way to investigate a castle which everyone in town thinks is haunted. You, as a skeptic, Steve, a man of science, were called upon by the local lord to put an end to this nonsense. As you wander deeper, real. exactly. As you wander deeper into the forest, suddenly a magical barrier creates a bubble around you, crackling and glistening with power, trapping you in a clearing in the large forest. And you hear faint cries and moans in the distance from all directions. In the center of the clearing stands an ancient, gnarled tree with a hollow trunk. And inside this hollow trunk you discover a message carved into the wood which says, To escape this forest and lift the curse of the magical barrier, answer the following riddle correctly. Choose wisely, for your fate depends on it. The riddle is as follows. I'm a word of letters three. Add two, and fewer there will be. What am I? Okay, wait. Say that one more time. I'm a word of letters three. Add two, and fewer there will be. What am I? (laughs) (laughs) Think it out. No, I'm good. All right, let me give you one more. (laughs) I just, I die. I die. Let me give you one more reading of the clue. (laughs) 
Okay. I'm a word of letters three. So three letters in the word. If yeah, you, I know that. Hold on, hold on, that much. If you add two letters to it and fewer there will be, what am I? Few? Yes. Good job. Uh, I don't feel good about that. If you one. add two letters to it, it becomes the word fewer and it's fewer now because it's two more letters. Oh my God. Fewer it will be. <laughs> Piece of shit. So suddenly the magical barrier disappears with a loud snap. Oh, God damn it. Shit. You then find your way through the forest to the castle you seek with no more magical barriers. As you approach the door to the castle, you think everything's going to be normal. This is just a regular castle. People in the town are crazy. But a hideous, face, castle, Steve. <laughs> a hideous face emerges from the door, passing right through it like a ghostly figure. And it locks your gaze and you are frozen still. And it speaks to you to answer the to enter the castle. Answer me this riddle. In the darkness of night, I silently creep. In the corners of your mind, my secrets I keep. I cast no shadow, make no sound, yet in your nightmares I'm often found. What am I? Shit. There's no way I'm going to remember all that. It's so long. Um, <laughs> They're all individual clues to what the word might be. I know. Okay, give it to me again. In the darkness of night, I silently creep. In the corners of your mind, my secrets I keep. I cast no shadow, make no sound. Yet in your nightmares, I'm often found. What am I? I have no idea. <laughs> darkness. Close. What does darkness make a lot of people? Shit themselves. And why do they shit themselves? Because they're afraid fear that is correct fear, i was so close <laughs> not really but kind of so when you say the word fear the face suddenly poofs from existence and the doors <laughs> of the castle fly open you enter the castle not believing what you just saw because you're steve you don't believe in these things this is like a DD adventure <laughs> where the dungeon master just lets his players live <laughs> over and over again even when they keep making terrible choices <laughs> exactly <laughs> But could all the rumors about this castle be true? You are then greeted by what appears to be an old man dressed as a Victorian-era clown. And he walks very slowly towards you as if each step pains him. Nope, I'm out of there. <laughs> but he lifts his head and speaks to you solemnly. You have come far and overcome much. Answering this last riddle will open up all the secrets of this ancient castle. So here's your final riddle. I'm a natural occurrence, sometimes quite sly. You can't see me, but you know I'm nearby. I come from below like a quiet sigh, or sometimes loudly like a lion's cry. What am I? <laughs> okay, give me one more. Give me one more time. I'm a natural occurrence, sometimes okay. quite sly. You can't see me, but you know I'm nearby. I come from below like a quiet sigh, or sometimes loudly like a lion's cry. What am I? The wind. Close, but not quite the answer. But it is close. Air. <laughs> not quite. Because <laughs> um, sometimes it's like a lion's cry, sometimes it's quiet. Sometimes, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. This really feels like the answer is farts. Like it really. <laughs> oh, the the old again. man starts to giggle. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, the secret to the castle is farts. 
Farts are funny. I knew I wanted someone quite serious who would go out of his way to solve all those riddles to make them laugh at my farts. He then begins to fart repeatedly. Did I really get it? Is you that got really it? it? Oh my god. That was my instinct and I said, there's no way it's farts. And so I just dicked around. I had to make it goofy in the end. So now he starts oh, dancing man. around like a little girl and you saw the mystery of the castle. He was just looking for a friend to laugh at his farts. And uh, yeah, that's that's the end of Haunted Riddles. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's hardcore. That was hardcore. Good yeah, job, Steve. Farts. <laughs> Farts. So that brings us to some Radical Recommends. I recommend. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. All right, this is where I'm going to recommend something that doesn't really need to recommend it. Lots of people already watch it. Uh, but I'm going to recommend we just really recently got back on uh, the Righteous Gemstones. Oh, yeah. On Max and uh, just really enjoying it. I saw season one, but I haven't seen there three seasons now. Yeah. Four. Maybe this is the fourth coming up. Oh, damn. Um, we're not quite caught up yet, but we're getting there. Uh, but if anything, it's like it's Danny McBride, like a little bit more reined in. Yeah, because the rest of his family is so nuts that he's more normal almost. I don't typically, I don't care a lot for Adam Levine, but I think he's really good in this specific role. Yeah. John Goodman, just anchoring it down. He's fantastic. And I really, he does. <laughs> um, and just, just great supporting cast throughout. I even like Adam Levine in some stuff. Like he was pretty good in one of the, um, pitch perfect movies. And then he's, he was really good in this, um, Netflix romantic comedy where he's get t- travels through time to try to get the perfect oh, date. Yeah. And I thought he was really good in that. I think he's, he's, he's got a, a unique personality and talent, but he's not for everything for sure. Um, but that uh, show is really good. That's a good, yeah, righteous gemstones, big drama, great satire. And very it's funny, really good and very funny, yeah. very funny to boot. Yeah, but if you don't like people making fun of religion, maybe uh, it might not be your cup of tea. But even this is kind of like making fun of like over top religious people. So even most religious people can identify the bad ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that brings us some uh, trailer, trailer reviews. reviews. All right. So this week we're going to talk about the next Hercule Poirot movie, Haunting in Venice. The third of Kenneth Branagh's adaptations of Agatha Christie books brought to the screen with lots of huge ensemble casts full of people you recognize. Um, and this one's going to be more towards the, the scarier side. Uh, so, Steve, what do you think of the trailer? Um, so I, I hate like ghost movies and spirit. Movies. I hate them. And here's what I'm going to tell you, German. So I was watching this for the podcast and it's a longer trailer. It it's is. not a short. It's like it's not a, a sting or anything. Uh, and I got about 20 seconds and I went, man, this looks lame. And I forgot I was watching it for the podcast. So I turned something else. <laughs> and about <laughs> later I went, shit. And I went back and was like, I got to watch this. Um, it's not the type of movie that I would enjoy to begin with. So I'm going to try to be as fair as I can. Visuals are good. It's hard for me to see Tina Fey in any sort of serious horror role. Maybe this will be her breakout moment, but it's just hard for me to see her in that. Right. Um, I don't care for Kenneth Branagh. Hmm. I like, didn't like know that. Really, really at all. I just never have. Hmm. Uh, his some of his directing is good. I don't care for his acting. Okay, that's fair. Uh, so for him to be the lead, it's already like a, eh. all right. 
and it's like a murder mystery. Was it a ghost? Of course it wasn't a ghost. So who has the ghost from their past? Like that's always the symbolism that's used. So it's going to be the ghost from someone's past uh, that's doing it. Well, not necessarily. I mean, I think that Christie is a great writer and she, she kind of purposely goes in knowing it's not going to be a ghost because all of her stories are rooted in reality and like a, right. So, I mean, it's, you know, could be, could go any direction. Um, the first movie was well, really good. Like a different human is going to be a ghost. It's just, it's always the way it is. But the first movie was really good. I didn't see the second one. Um, but I think the problem is these came out right at the same time as the, um, the glass onion, whatever they're called. Um, well, yeah. And they were just really good. <laughs> like, did, did you see those? <laughs> no. Oh, they're, they're fantastic. They're really funny. They're really interesting. You don't know what's, what's going to be the outcome. They're not being built off some preconceived book or notion. It's like it's they're all new material, so it's just it's exciting and interesting. And seeing James Bond talking with like a foghorn leghorn southern accent is just hilarious. So, but yeah, I give this one a shot. But I mean, I also feel like it. Yeah, it's kind of like a vanity project. Everyone's like, "Ooh, I want to be in the next you know Kenneth Branagh murder mystery movie." Because there's like tons of stars in every one. Um, this one has the woman from um, Discovery and. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, everything everywhere all at once. I can't think of her name. But yeah, she's in it too. She's one of the stars. Um, but yeah. So I'm going to give this one to Gary Busey. Uh, he's just in, in the living room kind of making noise and Raul comes in to see what's up. What's what's happened? He's like, TikTok. Someone in this room murdered my cat. <laughs> and Raul goes, it was you. And Gary Busey goes, oh Yeah. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) so my uh my rating for this movie is uh gary Busey and raul julia are at a party and um suddenly they come back from getting food from the kitchen and find gary Busey dead in the ground in the living room and the sudden guy suddenly takes his hat off he's like you didn't know but this whole time i've been the impressive inspector from england and i'm not letting anyone leave this house until we figure out who murdered gary Busey." and everyone at the parties looks at him and goes no we don't care we can leave like it's fine he probably killed him overdose and something it doesn't matter and they all just leave <laughs> yeah they all just ignore him it's no just... you you all have to stay because no guy guys seriously though <laughs> wait everyone nope this one needs to take 12 hours wait Wait. Do not put on that jacket. Hey, don't open the door. Oh, oh I'm going to write down everyone's names. I need everyone's names, guys. Raul Julia, don't put on that M. Bison uniform from your Street Raul Fighter movie. Raul Julia. How do you spell Raul? Raul. It's a Raul. Raul. Raul Julia. Is it like Raul Dahl? Is it like Raul Dahl? I've got you, Raul Julia. <laughs> I know it was you. <laughs> so that is a haunting in Venice. <laughs> Oh, good times. Great. It was cool. 100. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of episode 180. Join us next time for episode 181. We're in honor of the new reignited Exorcist series. I think it's a reboot. Maybe. I don't know. It's actually the same tell. universe. It's uh, the Ellen Bernstein's back in it. So she's a. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so same universe, same timeline then. Yeah. We're approximately there for. Uh, okay, well, that that's good to know. I didn't know that. But in honor of that, we're going to watch uh, Exorcist 3 in line with our Rule of Three series. And we, getting in the Halloween spirit because it'll be October and all. Yeah, we'll be just broken into October when the episode comes out. It's going to be very exciting. That's right. <laughs> but until then, you come on back for that and be our nerdy audience. We will come on back and be your nerdy co-hosts. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. 
Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Feel free to email feedback at aplayonnerds.com with all your questions or comments. Shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter and earn yourself a sweet shout out on the show. Review us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts so even more nerds can find us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, we aren't picky. Check out our entire back catalog and other offerings at aplayonnerds.com. And how? How?